Genesis chapter 4, verse 25, And Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son and called his name Seth. For God, said she, hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. And to Seth, to him also there was born a son, and he called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. Praise God. Let's ask the Lord to help us tonight. God, ask you, Lord, God, to speak to us tonight, God. You see each family. God, you see every parent, grandparent, child, son, daughter, whoever they are, God. I ask you tonight, God, by your word, speak to us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Praise God. You can be seated. I want to just start by saying that there is a road called life. I have a book in my office written by Brother Vaughn Morton, and it is a, it's a very simple book. It's a very in-depth book. It is a book that's easy to read, but it's not easy just to experience or do everything that is written in the book. Because at the beginning of the book, he tells you, tells you while you're reading it, he said, these are just thoughts. He said, you can teach from them. You can build upon them. You can read it and, and, and assimilate it and think about it and chew on it a while. And uh, he talks about a lot of different things. And I've shared some of those things with this congregation. But I can promise you that before any of us pass from this life, unless we're very young, we will have to walk down the road of life. Amen. And so what I want to do in this life is I want to make sure that I am living for God, that I am serving Him, and that I am teaching my family, teaching my children, and even my grandchildren now, amen, the ways of God, the ways of truth, and the ways of holiness. Amen. The things that make the difference in being a Christian and being a child of God. It is not something that we take lightly in living for God, but we take it seriously. And we have to understand that what we are doing today, it may seem like it's small or it may seem like it's trivial or that it takes a lot of time, but we have to understand that what we are doing today will make the difference in people's lives tomorrow. If you just change 10 people's lives and those 10 people, they change 10 people's lives, amen, 100 people will have been changed because of your effort. And you can do the math, and if we went through the math of this entire congregation, we would understand that Hundreds of thousands of people in just a few generations will be changed and transformed by the power of the Holy Ghost. And so, so don't despise or, or, or look down upon the day of small things because your children are small, but look at it as I have a job to do and a calling to do and a work to do for God. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. And I'm thankful that we can serve our God. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm thankful that we can serve God. Teach our children to serve God. And uh, I, I began to work on this today. 
and I was looking at some of the first parents recorded in the Word of God, and that's Adam and Eve, uh, not Adam and Steve, but Adam and Eve, amen, were the first recorded parents in the Word of God, amen, and so God created Adam and Eve in his own image. I'm not, I'm not playing around here. I'm serious about everything that I say tonight because this world is trying to twist, pervert, and do everything against the family. And you know what we have to do, church? Amen. Is we've got to say, okay, we have a job to do. We're going to be the family of God. We're going to be the family of God at home. We're going to be the family of God at the church. We're going to be the family of God at Walmart. We're going to be the family of God at Playa Zoo, wherever we're at. Amen. We are the family of God. Amen. And the Word of God, uh, it records that uh, Adam and Eve, now, uh, I, I tend to lean towards uh, uh, that they had children in the, in, in the Garden of Eden. And uh, you say, why is that? I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it tonight. But one of the things that God said to Eve, the curse to the woman, was, was that, that thy, thy childbirth will be greatly multiplied. The pain of childbirth will be greatly multiplied. And so if the pain of childbirth uh, was greatly multiplied, she had to have some experience of childbirth. Is that, is that logical thinking? But the Word of God doesn't record those children that may have or may not have been born. But it does record two sons, Cain and Abel. And uh, we're very familiar with the story of how that as they grew, they knew uh, they were taught that they had to sacrifice. Uh, and they, they, they were taught that their sacrifice had to be in a certain order. And um, you say, how do you know that it was in order? Because God put it into his law. God wrote it into the law that he gave to Moses on Sinai. Amen. And he showed them, he said, this is the order. The first order of sacrifice uh, is that you're going to do a sin offering uh, and you're going to make atonement for sin is the first thing that you do. And you teach it to your children and you and you show them, uh, amen, that when you come to the house of God, uh, amen, that you're going to take care of the sin problem first uh, and then all the other worship, uh, amen, goes right along with it. Well, praise God. I said everything we do has an order in living for God. Amen. We have an order in living. God puts order into your life. Uh, before you come to Christ, uh, your life was a wreck. Uh, before you come to Christ, uh, amen, the order was the order of the day instead of God's order. Uh, amen. To seek you first the kingdom of God uh, and his righteousness. And his righteousness. Hallelujah. Hey Amen. You know what that word righteousness means? It means to be a Christian. How do you do that? Through the power of the Holy Ghost. But Cain, Cain killed his brother Abel because of jealousy. Because he was out of order that his sacrifice of garden items was not accepted because he was not in God's 
order. Was it a life or death sin that happened? No. But sin had already begun to reign because of two people's choice to sin and disobey God. The woman always gets blamed, but it was Adam that ate of the fruit of knowledge and good and evil, just like she did. And so when they sinned, it had a direct effect upon their children. And so what I'm here tonight to teach and preach to you is that what you do with your walk with God has a direct effect upon your children. I said a direct effect, amen, a major, amen, uh, cause and effect of your children living for God or choosing not to live for God, or having no opportunity to live for God. I, I'm thankful that I was raised in an apostolic home. There's many of you who were not raised in an apostolic home, and so now that you've received the Holy Ghost, uh, amen, you say, Pastor, what do I do? I'm going to tell you what you do, it's just like Adam and Eve did, they realized that the way that they had done it in the past wasn't the right way, and so they said from here on out, we're going to do it the right way. Amen. They did it the wrong way, and they said, we're going to do it the right way. Praise God. In serving God, you've got to make the decision that yesterday is gone. I can't do anything about the past, but I'm going to do something about the future. Amen. Yesterday's over. Amen. Today's the day that I'm living. I've got to do something about today and make my mind up about tomorrow. Praise God. Amen. Every decision that you make, it will directly affect your children. I told I have told people in this church that if someone is saved, it's it's a high high percentage that they're going to be saved because of your care, because of your effort in helping them to live for God. I think I'm missing somebody else. I'm going to tell you right now is that in living for God. Amen. Not only are you going to save yourself from this untoward generation, but I believe that there's people in here, amen, that are going to have a they're going to have stars in their crown because they have helped people live for God. Well, praise God. Should have been more amens than that, but I th I feel like this is a revival church. Amen. And so don't be discouraged. Amen. Be encouraged that I am going to help somebody live for God. And your children, your grandchildren, they are your greatest mission field. You say, Pastor, what do I do about my unsaved children? Pray and fast for them. Believe God that God will save their souls. Amen. Every opportunity you get to 
encourage them to live for God. Amen. Every time you come to church, amen, if, you're, if your children are there, invite them to church. If your unsaved spouse is there, invite them to church. Say, come on and go to church with me. Every time my grandma would go to church, she would intentionally walk through. She, she could have walked out of her out of her utility room into the garage and got in her car and never talked to my grandpa and just went to church. But she said, I chose to walk through the front room uh, where he was sitting there watching television. Uh, and she would say, Jack, why don't you go to church with me tonight? Uh, and there would be times, uh, amen, that my grandpa would be on the verge and on the edge of coming to the house of God. Uh, but he would refuse not to. Uh, but she made sure that he had the invitation uh, to come to the house of God. Uh, don't be weary and well-doing. Uh, Hey man, keep on inviting. Keep on encouraging. Keep on reaching. Keep on loving people. Hey man, keep on showing people the way. I feel the Holy Ghost in here. Keep on, hey man, teaching your children. Who will cry for the children? Have you wept for your children? Have you prayed for your children? Have you fasted for your children? You know what? It's not in vain. My Bible says that if you cast your bread upon the water, that it shall return. Amen. Not many days hence. Amen. I believe that our prayers, when we put our prayers on into it, we invest them into uh, the kingdom and the work of God, that they're not going to return void. They're going to return to us. Uh, amen. And we're going to see God do a work. Keep on praying, Mom. Uh, keep on praying, Dad. Don't stop. You say, I made a mistake. You got children coming up, amen, under you right now that you can make the difference. You said, okay, I may not have done this perfect, but with this child, amen, men are going to begin calling upon the name of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Come on. Amen. Don't, don't be discouraged about the children that have made their own decisions as adults. Amen. Raise your children now in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. There's, there's children when they get of age, they make their own decision, amen, and they'll make their own choice as much as I uh, don't like it. My children uh, are getting to the age of life uh, where I have to pray for them, uh, amen, where, and thank God they're living for God right now, and, they, and I, I believe God that they're going to work for God till the day they die, uh, amen, but should they make a decision not to live for God, it's not changing my mind, uh, it's not changing my direction, uh, I'm living for God, uh, I'm going to see God do a work, uh, I'm going to keep on preaching it, uh, I'm going to Keep on telling them, hey amen, have you prayed through lately? Have you got a walk with God lately? Amen. I can promise you, you serve God because of a relationship and you love Him. Praise God. And so, Seth's son, Enos, was born. The Bible says men began to call on the name of the Lord. 
Can I tell you from that, that bloodline came Jesus Christ. I, I don't know how many of you have taught search for truth or been, been taught search for truth. How many has ever been taught search for truth? Amen. The bloodline that runs all the way through that Bible study. Amen. You can trace it all the way back to Adam. Did you know that Adam was the first son of God? Amen. But Jesus Christ was the only begotten son of God. Adam was created. Jesus was born of God. Amen. That's why Jesus said, you must be born again. You have to be born again. Hallelujah. Amen. You can't be created into the kingdom of God. You've got to be born into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Oh, thank God for new birth. Amen. And so we teach our children the normal action of the people of God. And I believe the, the Bible does not go into depth. But the reason why I believe that Adam and Eve, they said, okay, we are going to make a difference. Good to see you, Sister Denise. I was looking for you. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God you're here. Amen. Hallelujah. You were the one I was missing. Hallelujah. Amen. And, uh, oh, yeah, I'm watching all the time. Oh, you know what? A shepherd, you say, Pastor, why are you always looking around? Because a shepherd, you know what his job is to do is to watch. That shepherd may not look like he's doing a whole lot out in that field, but I promise you he's doing a whole bunch. He's watching. He's counting sheep. Amen. Praise God. But the reason why I believe that the normal way of life for the people of God is all through the Word of God, you see where parents have given their children to the Lord. It does not record every instance, but just the, the understanding that you get from reading the Scripture is that it was a normal function for people to dedicate their children to God. It wasn't something that was, uh, uh, it wasn't something that was looked down upon or desired to do for certain groups of people. But everyone, the reason why that we give our children to the Lord is the first thing that has to happen is they have to receive the Holy Ghost and get baptized in Jesus' name. Because you cannot live on mom and dad's experience. These children that are very young, they're, they're dependent upon mom and dad for the Holy Ghost and, and salvation and getting to heaven because they're going to go take them to heaven. But when you get to the age where you know the difference between right and wrong and you know when you've committed sin, amen, can I talk to you children? Amen, you need the Holy Ghost and you need to get baptized in Jesus' name and understand that I've got to have that same relationship as mom and dad, amen, is I've got to get right with God because I've got to make it to heaven too. Amen. Thank you for that amen, Sister Janie. I saw you say amen. 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 I watch these children when I preach. Sometimes it doesn't seem like 
they're catching a whole lot. Amen. It seems like they might be looking at their action Bible or they might be uh, just some of the little ones coloring on a piece of paper, but all of a sudden you see them in the altar. They have their hands up and they're crying and they're praying. Hey man, and it doesn't just stop with that, but they get the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues. Hey children, hey man, it's time to get full of the Holy Ghost. Hey man, it's time to get baptized in Jesus' name. Hey man, for the remission of sins. Hallelujah. Hey man, oh it's time. Hey man, today is the day of salvation. What time is it? Today is a day of salvation. Right now is the accepted time. And so we look at the word of God of children that were dedicated to God or given to God. Isaac, he went to Mount Moriah with his father Abram, Abraham. And on the way up, he didn't know that God had already told Abraham to take thine only son Isaac and offer him for a sacrifice. You say, that's that's not giving your children to God. It's not. Then what is that? He gave Isaac to God. He took him right up to that mountain. He laid him on the altar. The Word of God tells us in the New Testament that his faith was so strong that he he knew that God would raise Isaac from the dead if he sacrificed him. And God said, now I know that Abraham is going to do everything I tell him to do. And he said, hey, Abraham. (laughs) The angel of the Lord stopped him. But he had already given his son. He laid him on the altar. We look at Samuel, and we find that Hannah gave Samuel back to the Lord. 1 Samuel 1 and 28, therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. I've put him on loan, or I have invested him. When you lend something, when the bank lends you something, most of the time it's money. The reason why they lend you money is because it's an investment. They're risking an investment on you because they know that the return of that's going to make them money. And so we don't look at our children as money, but we look at them as an investment into the kingdom of God that I have lent him to the Lord. Amen. And I'm going to let God use him. And whatever God does and however it affects the kingdom of God, praise God. Amen. It's for the rest of his life. And so when you give your children to God, when you give your children to God, it is, everyone say for life. Amen. When you give your children to God, amen, it is something that Amen. Apostolics and I'll even say the people of God, amen, have done for years. And so when I give my children to the Lord, it's a life lease. You can use them, God, for the rest of their life. Hallelujah. Amen. They're indentured. Amen. 
for, for the kingdom of God. I'm giving them to the kingdom of God. Amen. Did you know that uh, the word of God, it talks about also uh, our walk with God, that God takes us to the door uh, and he would drive the all through that. He'd say, okay, you're free to go. Uh, and if that man would say, no, uh, I love my wife and my family. He said, I'm going to stay here. And then he would take him to the door. And I was listening to Brother Booker preach one day. Brother Booker said the reason why it would take him to the door is so that he would see the outside. And he would take the all and he would drive it through his ear and mark him for life. And he would become God. You know what? I want God to take me to the door and put the all through my ear. I'm marked for life. I can never... I said, I can never get away from God. Amen. I don't ever want to go away from the kingdom of God. Amen. I don't ever want. Uh, uh, you say, why are you preaching so methodical tonight? Because your children, mom and dad, I, I said, your children, this is family night, your children are directly affected by your actions. And when they see you sold out, you know what they do? Is it is natural for them to sell out. Amen. I said when they see you working in the kingdom of God, it's just natural for them to work in the kingdom of God. When they see you praying and talking in tongues, it's not abnormal for them to get the Holy Ghost at a very young age. Keep on praying, Mom. Keep on talking in tongues. Keep on working for God. Your children are going to be saved. Praise God. The Bible tells us that dedication, well, the definition of dedication is the quality of being dedicated or committed to a task or purpose. And so dedicated is devoted to the purpose of having a single-minded loyalty or integrity. And so I want to talk about Moses for just a little while. Moses, he was born into a household of the people of God. And it wasn't very long that his mother saw that he was a goodly child. But there was the, uh, the devil always just has a new dress. The devil has always used the same tactics. He's always used the same sin. You say, oh, this world, there's things going on like never before, all this transgenderism. No, they did it in the Word of God too. Only it wasn't by, because everybody thought it was popular. It was because they had captured you and then they mutilated you. So it's still the same old devil. And if you don't understand that, you come to me in private and if I can't tell you, my wife will tell you what that means. But the Word of God, the Word of God records that these children we're mutilated by the world. And you know what we have to do, moms and dads, is we have to teach our children the reason why we don't act that way, talk that way. It's not because we're better than someone, but we are the people of God. And God's people, amen, do not operate the way the world operates. Amen, amen. If your child is a little girl, you teach her to be a feminine little girl. And if your child is a boy, you teach him to be a masculine little boy. 
Amen. Amen. I didn't wear my mom's high heeled shoes. I didn't dress up in dresses. In fact, I'd probably get my rear end whooped for it. Especially if I was told not to do it. But I would put my dad's boots on. I would run every day he got off of work. I'd run out and grab his lunchbox. The first thing I did is I opened up to see if there's any food in it. And you know what my dad did every day? He'd bring me home just a little bit of something. A little bit of his candy bar, a little bit of his sandwich. And, and uh, you know what I did? I ate it. <laughs> you don't maintain a figure this size by eating like a bird. <laughs> but you know what it did to me? Is it taught me that when I get big, I got to go to work. Because it's normal for the man to support his family. I come over here on purpose. You guys have got a lot of years of blood, sweat, and tears ahead of you. And so just grin and bear it. Get, get excited. You say, oh, I'm, I'm getting married. I'm, well, get a job. Amen. Because it's your responsibility to take care of your family. You say, well, why do moms have to work? Uh, talk to Mr. Biden about that. Because it, 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 uh, it takes a lot of money. My mom stayed home, and she taught school, but she took care of us kids. And it was tight around the house. We had one window air conditioner. And you know when that air conditioner ran? Is it ran at night so my dad could sleep so he could go work in the hot shop, hot shop out there eating. And then all day long, the window air conditioner got turned off. And the window, I, it was just normal. Kind of to be hot and sweaty and stinky. Man, today, if we're not, if we don't have cool and everything else, man, we're suffering. And I'm thankful for air conditioning. I'm thankful for it. And I'm thankful there's a lot more money than there was when I was a kid. But can I tell you something? Amen. Those of you that are making the sacrifice, amen. Keep on working at it. Keep on doing it. Uh, amen. You're going to see God make a difference in your family. And all of you that have to work, keep on working. And when you get home, teach your children and take care of your children. You're not sinning. I'm simply preaching and telling you, you've got a job to do. But all the male gender, all the men, your curse, you know what your curse is? Is to work by the sweat of your brow. You say, I'm not going to work by the sweat of my brow. Uh-huh. Yep, your truck will break down. And you'll be under that thing, rust and dirt falling in your face. Dad's sitting there watching you. 
This happened just a few hours ago. Well, praise God. Hey, we got men, we got a job to do. Our families are worth the effort. Our families are worth getting up every day and going to work. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Don't stop being a man. Amen. Let me rephrase. Don't stop being a responsible man. Amen. Pick up the burden. Shoulder the burden. Say, God built me for this. And when you ladies, when God gives you children, take care of them. Praise God. Don't pawn them off on somebody else. Don't say, well, I'm just going to not be a mom today. No, you have to be a mom. You have to take care of them. You say, well, that's not the way it is at my house. Well, take some notes and say, I'm not raising my children that way. That when God gives me children, I'm going to take care of my children. Amen. I'm going to make sure that they know the ways of truth and righteousness. I'm going to teach them how to clean the house, wash the dishes, wash the clothes. Well, praise God. All you moms got a job. Don't shirk your responsibility. Well, this is family time. I'll keep going. This wasn't in my notes, but here we are. It is in a way. Now listen to this. Listen to this. Moses' mother knew that he was a goodly child. The law had been passed to kill all the men, all the men babies. Throw them into the Nile River. How many would like to do that to your children? Just throw them. Take and throw them into the Nile River. Well, you know, this world will tell you that it's all right to abort babies, and it's not all right to abort a baby. It's called murder. And I don't know, peradventure, it's in your past. God has put it under the blood. Don't ever think about it again. Do it again. Just say, okay, God, that's my past. And if he has given you children now, say, I am teaching this child the way of righteousness. I am teaching this child how to live for God. I'm going to make sure, amen, that this child has the opportunity to serve God. Praise God. And so Moses' mother, in the face of the law, you know, there's some laws that this world will eventually make that will directly affect the church. Amen. Already, already it's in, it's, it's in process. It's in the laws are being made that it will affect the church. And there will be many who will be afraid of those laws that do not have anything in mind other than a career, and so they will become a hireling. Amen. But this preacher will preach truth and righteousness and the Word of God and, and, and hopefully our constitution stands because I heard a man say, and this, this is not in my notes, I heard a man say that if one part of the First Amendment to the Constitution fails, the entire thing fails. If the freedom of speech fails, 
then the freedom of the press fails and the freedom of religion fails. If the freedom of religion fails, then the freedom of the press and the freedom of speech will fail because without God in our land, there will be no United States of America. If any of those three fall, they all fall. I don't know if it will happen in our time, but there are those who are actively trying to change the Constitution of the United States. And with that, they are wanting to change what can be preached and what can't be preached. When we were in the prison... Pastor Elder would teach against homosexuality. And the chaplain came and told him, he said, you can't preach against homosexuality because it's not in the Bible. And my, my pastor, amen, if you knew him, he, he laughed and he said, give me your Bible. The King James Version is the only version that says effeminate. Every other version says the homosexual. And when he got done, you know what happened? Is they couldn't stop him from preaching it. But it's already being tried to stop the voice of God. Amen. I'm, I'm taking a little bit of time here tonight, but I want this church to know is that there's laws that are being passed and pushed trying to affect the church. And you know what we have to do is we got to get smarter than the world. God's going to make a way. The church is not going away. They've already tried to kill the church, and you know what happened? The church has rolled on. So the church is not stopping. The church is not going to go belly up. The church is not going to be, uh, oh, no, we're going to keep on having revival. Well, praise God. So what did his mother do? His mother hid him, sheltered him. His mother built him an ark. What, what was so unique about an ark? Was it, a, was it a new idea? No. She knew about Noah and the flood. Is that right? She knew about Noah and the ark. And so she said, you know, if that ark could float eight people and save their life, why can't I build my son an ark? And the Bible says she made him an ark of bulrushes. And she wasn't a foolish mother. She knew right where Pharaoh's daughter was going to be at. And you know what she did? Is she gave him a chance through compassion. The Bible tells us that Pharaoh's daughter had compassion on Moses. She said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. This is one of the, these little babies that's supposed to be in the water drowned that the crocodiles are going to eat. But she said, you know something? I'm going to take this child and raise him for my own son. Now, I don't know if she didn't have natural children, what the deal was. The Bible doesn't talk about it. It just says, she, this child's going to be my son. I Drew him out. That's what the, the name Moses is not a Hebrew name. It's an Egyptian name. And she gave him the name Moses, she said, because I drew him out of the water. And, and, and she wasn't an ignorant mother. 
She knew that when that little girl came up and said, hey, do you need a nurse for that baby? I know where one's at. She said, I bet you do. <laughs> Go get him. Go get her. And so his mother built him an ark. It saved him. It gave him a chance through compassion. She nursed him. So what is so significant about that? There is a poem, actually. I looked it up here a while back at Mother's Day. I didn't use it. But there is a saying from that poem. It says, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. And so that mother was not nursing this child, just taking care of him for Pharaoh's daughter for money. But she was using the time wisely to teach that baby that hero Israel, the Lord our God, is one Lord. Amen. Hero Israel. Amen. The Lord our God is one Lord. They were one God. Oh, no, I know. Amen. That Deuteronomy came, comes after the book of Genesis. Uh, amen. And Exodus. But you know, nonetheless, they knew there was one God and they were teaching him uh, and they were showing him the ways of righteousness. And you know what happened when he got into Pharaoh's house? The Bible says that he chose to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Come on, mom and dad. Amen. It's time to teach your children. Amen. Be diligent. Amen. Talk about it in the house. Talk about it when you're riding in your car. Talk about it all the time. Talk about the things of God. Deuteronomy 20 and 5 says the officers shall speak unto the people saying, What man is there that hath built a new house and hath not dedicated it? Let him go and return to his house, lest he die in the battle, and another man dedicate it. So we look at this word dedicated. And this word dedicated in Hebrew, it means to train the same exact Hebrew word is used in Proverbs 22 and 6. It says to train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. And so we have to dedicate or to train up. Train up. Our children. Train them. Don't holler at them. There's times, there's times where you gotta say, hey, what do you think you're doing? Get their attention. But when you need to be off dead center helping them learn, don't be sitting over in the easy chair hollering at them. If you spend more time on your phone than you do with your children, you're in trouble. That all right? 
Amen. I, I could care less what anybody thinks about my view of technology. I use it. It's a tool. But don't let it affect your walk with God and your family. Amen. You put time limits on your kids, put time limits on yourself. Is that fair? Is that a just balance? You get 20 minutes to be on that phone. And you're sitting there for four hours scrolling through yours. You know what you'll do is you'll make your kid bitter. Mom's not really serious about that phone because she's on it all the time. I'm talking about technology. And you know something? While I'm on it, all this texting business, if, you gotta, if you're dealing with something with somebody, get on the phone and talk to them. Hey, man, I, I don't like texts. I use them. I utilize them. I've texted probably most of you in here. But when you're dealing with something, talk to somebody. Let them hear your voice. You say to somebody, I love you. I promise you, you won't get a girlfriend that way. But if you're, if you're not, the man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Learn how to talk to people, not text people. Man, I better get back to my notes. I will have to admit I've texted my wife downstairs before. You say, why? Because I'm trying to quiet down and not be so loud. <laughs> we have a doorbell in our house. If somebody knocks on the front door, would somebody open the door and answer that door? But really, our doorbell don't work. So if you ring it and nobody answers, you'll know why. <laughs> You say, why doesn't it work, Pastor? Because I can't figure out how to get the thing open and change the battery. So I have an excuse. But this world is so messed up socially is that you'll see a group of people walk into a restaurant and sit down and everybody get on their phones. All of us apostolics, we go out and we sit around and talk. Talk to each other. Don't ignore somebody. Talk to one another. You young people are the ones that are going to deal with it. Can I hear an amen? You better learn how to talk. Because it will affect the rest of your life if you don't know how to communicate. Communication is not texting. 
Communication is talking. Letting people hear your voice. See your face. Well, praise God. Amen. Amen. When you go out and when you go going out in the public, learn how to smile at people. Don't walk around on your phone like a zombie. Don't and so I didn't see this happen, but I really wanted to. We were down in San Antonio at the at the Riverwalk, and uh, the guy that was driving the boat they don't they don't have rails everywhere, and if you're not paying attention, you can fall in the water. It's only like three feet deep, and he says every year he says there's more and more. He said people will be walking along texting and not turn the corner, and it's kersploosh. Learn how not to use that phone. Put it in your pocket. Amen. Turn the ringer on. Answer the phone. Make somebody call you. Man, this is way off family time, isn't it? I'm sorry. Praise God. Amen. And so, Luke chapter 2, verse 22, Jesus Christ is always our example. And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Everyone say present. That word present is also the word present. They gave him to God to present him to the Lord. And so it says, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. So in the New Testament, we are under the New Covenant. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. And so you know what we do is when our children, amen, are born, we give them to God. We present them to the Lord. And so tonight, we're going to present some children to God. We're going to dedicate them to God. Amen. Why don't we just all lift our hands right now? Let's love the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you, Lord, for this church. I thank you for the families in this church. God, I ask you tonight to be a strength, to be a hedge. God, to be our mouthpiece. God, your word says to take no thought of what we shall speak. God, but that the Holy Ghost would give us the words to speak. God, I ask you, Lord, God, to touch these families. In the name of Jesus, strengthen them in the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Amen. Amen, amen. Praise God. Praise God. Brother, uh, brother and sister Manson, can you come up here and help me? Amen. Why don't we all just stand right now?